Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. I quite often get asked about what's more important in your property journey quality of properties versus quantity of properties. So what I thought I'd do today is do a breakdown of my thoughts on quality versus quantity and which one you should be focused on in your property journey or if it even is something you should be considering or trying to focus on at the start of your journey. So I hope you find this valuable. Now what do I mean by quality over quantity? Well, should you have less properties but at a higher standard, higher quality or should you have more properties and maybe cheaper properties, cheaper stock. Now there's a number of differences between quality and quantity that I wanna go through on this as well, because it's not just about the number of properties. It might be the quality of tenant, it might be the quality of the refurb, it might be the um, amount of rental income you can achieve, um, high versus low. So there's a number of different things that I wanna get into and talk about when we look at quality versus quantity and give you a breakdown on it and whether one might be better than the other. But I'd like to start with just the fundamentals of taking an area of the country. If you looked at the south of England, let's say somewhere in London, you might have to pay significantly more money for a property than if you were to buy one somewhere in the north of England where they're somewhat cheaper. Now, a lot of property investors that are based in the south can often think, well, I need to go north to buy cheaper properties. But are you sacrificing quality for quantity. Now apologies immediately for anybody in the north who's thinking you get good stock up here, there's quality up here. Totally agree, I actually invest in the north but because I live in the north. So there's a number of different things. There's quality versus quantity in terms of north versus south, but there's also quality versus quantity in terms of a part of your town in the south versus a different part of your town in the south and a part of your town in the north versus a different part of your town in the north. There's quality and quantity everywhere. But let's start initially looking at north versus south and then we'll go into some of the other scenarios and examples. So let me grab a flip chart. If we were looking to invest in say Chelsea in London where it is expensive to buy property you might be able to get a property for one million pounds. Other numbers are available. But then if you go further north, and I won't pick on any town specifically, um, but if you go further north, you may pick up a property for a hundred grand. Now again, other numbers are available. Some are cheaper, some are more expensive. But in Chelsea, you can buy one property for a million pounds, and in the north, you're getting 10 properties for the same million pounds. So is it better to have 10, the quantity, or one, the quality? As I said, don't get upset, Northerners. There could be quality there as well. But what we need to look at is, let's say, first of all, we are buying with cash in both scenarios. So there's no mortgage, it's a cash purchase. So you might have a great property in Chelsea. You might have 10 great properties in the north. So the condition, the look, everything is the same. They're the same quality, but the income could be very different. So one property in Chelsea for a million quid might rent out for 4,000 pounds per calendar month. 
10 properties in the north for the same million, they might rent out for £500 per calendar month. £500 a month times 10, though, is £5,000 a month. So immediately you could say, well, my million pound is better off being spent in the north. So on first impression, just looking at the rental income achievable, south versus north, I got a better opportunity in the north to make more money. My money goes further. Now, whether you leverage this up with mortgages or not, and you get 75% loan to value mortgage and you borrow 750 grand in the south, or 75% loan to value mortgage and borrow 750 grand in the north, the numbers would be the same, mortgage versus cash flow. However, now we gotta look at capital growth. So quality versus quantity comes into a number of things. One is the tenant. What type of tenant will you get? So in the South, you could say, well, in Chelsea, I'm gonna get a much better tenant than I'll get in the North of England. <laughs> Absolutely not, not true. I've been in property for 20 years now, and here's what I will tell you. You will get good and bad people at all levels of society. You could get a person who's on a huge six-figure salary to rent a property off you in Chelsea, and they do not pay the rent. They damage your house. You could get a person in the north of England on a significant salary, and they don't pay the rent. They don't look after your house. You could have somebody on universal credit, right? A, a council tenant, and they are the best tenant in the world. They look after your property. Just because somebody is on a low wage does not mean they are not a quality person. So let's not be mistaken. You could have 10 quality unemployed tenants and have one very poor employed tenant in terms of how they look after your property. By the way, let me know in the comments if you agree or disagree with that. So I do not believe that you get a better tenant in a good area. I believe there's good and bad tenants in good areas and good and bad tenants in bad areas. And in the north, there's good and bad areas. And in Chelsea, there is good and bad areas. So let's make sure that we stop thinking about starting in property and choosing an area because we feel it's a better person. There's people everywhere that look after your homes and people everywhere who do not look after your homes. So let's look at the fundamentals though. So that's the quality of the person. What about the quality of the area? So within Chelsea, there'll be good streets and there'll be bad streets. There'll be areas where people wanna live and areas where people might wanna avoid. In the north of England, whatever town you choose, there'll be good streets and bad streets. There'll be streets that people want to live in and streets that people want to avoid. Now, if you're from one part of the country and you're thinking you got to go to an area that you do not know because houses are cheaper, well, you might end up investing in an area that people don't want to live in. You might invest in an area where there's a lower demographic and a higher likelihood of problem tenants. You need to know your area. And there will be areas within areas. There'll be quality areas within areas and lack of quality areas within areas. So number one, think about the people. Number two, think about the quality of the area within the area. And then it's back to the numbers. Your return in the north looks better than your return in the south. But all we're looking at here is the cash flow from that property, the monthly rental income, the monthly rental profit. 
But what about the capital growth opportunity? See, there's three areas where you make money when you do property deals. You make money when you buy, by buying either below the value or adding value. So you make money when you buy, buying below value or by being able to add value to what you buy. Number two is you make money from the cash flow, okay? And the cash flow in the north might be more than the south. And number three is you make money from that capital growth. Now this 100 grand house in the north might go up over the next few years to 110,000 pounds. 10 of them at 110,000 pounds means that you've now got a portfolio worth 1,100,000. The property in Chelsea, that might go up from 1,000,000 to 1,200,000 pounds. So the Northern property, yes, it was making a thousand pound a month more in cash than the Southern property, but the Southern property met a hundred thousand pound more in capital growth. So the South typically goes up quicker than the North in a rising market, but then you also have to think about a dropping market because as property prices start to drop, the South will drop quicker than the North will drop. So all of this needs to be taken into account when you're looking at a property deal. Now, when I'm looking to get started in property and investing in property, and even now as a successful property investor, the capital growth of a property, that is distracting. It is not money that you have the ability to spend today. It's not money that can help you in a downturn, etc. What I'm always focused on is cash flow because cash flow is the oxygen for the business. The one thing you can control, right? Number one is your purchase price. Number two is knowing that when you buy the property, there is that ability to add value. And number three is the amount of cash flow you can create. The only thing you've got no control over is that capital growth number. And funnily enough, that is the one thing most amateurs focus on. I see it a lot and they're asking me, do you think it's a good time to buy? Will there be capital growth? Will house prices go up? I never look at capital growth. That takes care of itself. So the quality of an area, more capital growth. If you're in a higher quality area, you'll get more capital growth. If you're in a lower quality area, you'll get less capital growth, but you'll probably get a higher cash flow because you're getting into the deal for less money. So there is a number of things to consider when you're looking at quality versus quantity. If you've got one property, you've got one mortgage, you've got one set of buildings insurance and one tenant. If you have 10 properties, you've got 10 mortgages, 10 buildings insurance and 10 tenants. Now, administration wise, management wise, you've got to deal with 10 different lenders or at least 10 different mortgages. You've got to do 10 set, 10 valuations. You've got to do 10 sets of buildings insurance. You've got to speak 10 different times to refinance, to get new mortgages. Every year you're speaking to a buildings insurance company 10 times, unless you get block policies and stuff. You've got 10 different tenants to deal with. So you might think, well, it's a lot less hassle just having one mortgage, one building insurance, one tenant. But then on the opposite to that, if you've got one tenant and they don't pay you, 
or they damage your property, you've got zero rental income coming in. If you've got 10 tenants and one of them doesn't pay you or one of them damages your property, the other nine, they're going to cover it for you. Because up here, if you've got one and there's any damage or any non-payment of rent, you'll be paying for that out of earned income from a job potentially. But here, the other tenants cover you. So there's a lot of benefit in having more tenants, but at the same time, there's a lot more admin. So it's not really is one better than the other. It's what do you wish to have for your business? How does it align with your lifestyle? What is it that you're looking to achieve? Do you want to become a full-time property investor with no side income job? Do you want to have just a property alongside your business, alongside your job, as sort of a retirement plan? Many people, by the way, start out just expecting to get one property. Many people start out as an accidental landlord with their first property, and then they start to realize this is a good thing, and they start to go for quantity. So there is pros and cons between quality over quantity. You've got the stuff we spoke about like cash flow. You've got the capital growth. You've got the tenant and the quality of the tenant. But then you've got all the admin stuff like mortgages, buildings, insurance, etc. So you really want to have a think about all of that stuff at the start of your journey. Less admin, but maybe more risk on the tenant. More admin, but less risk if one of your tenants doesn't pay or you've got a bad tenant. So that's some insights into quality versus quantity, whether you be in the north, whether you be in the south, there is areas of the country that you need to consider in terms of quality versus quantity, but it's not just the number of properties, it's all of the other hidden stuff that you start to realize as you build your portfolio. Hopefully that gives you some insight and can help you on your thought process of how you're going to get started on your property journey. Remember, if you are unsure of how to get started, unsure of what steps to take next. There's a completely free guide. It's in the pinned comments and in the description. Go download it right now. It'll give you the information you need to get started on your property journey so we can get you to have the problem of, and this is a first world problem, of what should I choose? What should I be doing? Quality over quantity. My belief is it doesn't really matter which one it is. It doesn't matter if you go for the quality. It doesn't matter if you go for the quantity. What matters is that you go for something because too many people procrastinate at the start and never get going. Just get started. Go download that guide. Get yourself started on your journey and create the problem of quantity versus quality. So that's my thoughts on quality versus quantity in property investing. If you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Subscribe to the channel. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. We're out every single Tuesday. So I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. And I'll see you next week.